say hey, it's GMAC with you. A special edition of the Blue Bomber Podcast with Doug Brown. It's the winter special directed and starring Bob Irving, voice of your Winnipeg Blue Bombers, along with Doug Brown and special guest, general manager Kyle Walters of your Winnipeg Blue Bombers, head coach Mike O'Shea, Andrew Harris will stop by. We will also hear from Matt Nichols, who's loving his life as a Winnipegger, and the brand new Winnipeg Blue Bomber, the latest to sign with the blue and gold backup quarterback. Yeah, he used to be an enemy. Now he's a friend, Darian Durant. Stick around and enjoy this special look at the offseason thus far on the Blue Bomber Podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. Gosh, I feel like it's summertime and the Bombers are about to play a game because Mike O'Shea is sitting to my left, the head coach of the Blue Bombers. This is like our Monday night coaches show only it's not the coaches show it's the blue bomber winter special and mike isn't the only star of the show andrew harris and matt nichols and darian durant and kyle walters and wade miller and ed tate and doug brown you're gonna have to share the spotlight well, doug, I, mike. I share it all the time with the real star of the show that's you bob <laughs> oh, come on no. now i'm the facilitator and oh, is I'm, that what that is yeah i'm the and i'm happy to be here and i welcome everybody i've had a lot of uh, response from fans about this show saying we can't wait uh, there have been bits of information about the Bombers all offseason, more than bits of information because you guys have been very busy. But here tonight we get a chance to sit for two hours and talk about what you've done and what you might do in the next uh, few weeks. Let me ask you, first of all, what do coaches do in the winter? Tell our listeners what coaches do after your season's over and you've had all the exit interviews and watched all the film of the last game. You put your feet up and... Have a beer. <laughs> Watch your favorite TV shows. Maybe, maybe more than one. <laughs> Are you still going to the office every day? Uh, Lapo and I were in there today. Yeah. You know, Lapo's <laughs> getting back at it. He's got a home office too, so he does a lot of work. Uh, um, he, you know, he's probably already done a, a pile of work and, and analysis. And, um, you know... For my part, it was a little busy this off season. I think it always is. I don't. It just changes what you, um, what you have to work on. Right. Um, so there was a few things we needed to take care of at the end of the season. Um, then you know Christmas and New Year's it sort of calms down, and then you're you're back into it because there's free agency to talk about and the draft work to start uh, doing. Um, uh, you know, just, it's a slower pace, but the the, the work never you're, ends. You're not really. tied to your desk, that's for sure. Yeah. You know, like I get to. Hopefully drive my kids to school a bunch more days. I get to watch a bit of volleyball and mm. a bit of cool. various things. Hockey, that's for sure. So it's um, it's certainly uh, a more fulfilling time with your family. I know the Montreal Alouettes tried to pry Buck Pierce out of here. I saw Buck a couple of weeks ago, and he confirmed that to me. I think it's common knowledge to everybody. Uh, he chose to stay in Winnipeg. That would please you? Uh, yeah, tremendously. He's... Uh, He's an awesome guy. I like having him around, and he's a good coach, and he's, uh, you know, right in there. Lapo relies on him a lot to to uh, bounce ideas off of and, and get information to the players. And, um, yeah, he's uh, he's obviously a, a, a man, a coach that we want to have in this organization for a long time. Yeah. Well, and he's a real asset to this community. I, I said to him, I said, were you tempted to leave? And he said, you know, not really. He said, I, we're, we got a real good thing going here. He said, we're real close. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm sure that's a prevailing feeling on with everybody over there that you're, you're close. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's not a sigh. It's just we, yeah. we're close. Yeah. We're, you know, it's, well, I think we can it all sort see of that. brings back some, a little bit of disappointment, yeah. but that's, you know, the, the sense of excitement you expressed at the beginning of the show about wanting to get going. It's, it's, uh, it's there, you know, you can just, uh, you can just taste it. Summer's around the corner. You've got a lot of your, uh, free agent players, your own free agents re-signed. Are you pleased as the head coach with the progress you're making in, in cutting through those almost 20 players who were eligible for free agency yeah, in February? Yeah, absolutely. It, it takes some time, and, and each guy is going to uh, have his own sort of time frame built in, and and Kyle works hard uh, with his guys to, to you know, touch base with the agents and talk to the players and um, – sort of go through the negotiations as as they're going to play out. I mean, each one's probably different. Mm-hmm. Um, so, because every player's different, each negotiation's going to be just a little bit different, right? And, uh, and, and, and we'll get through what we can get through. That's the business end, and Kyle Walters has often said that he looks after that and, and kind of leaves you out of it so that he's the bad guy when things don't go well in negotiations. Do you get very involved? In, like, are you asked to play a role? In, in talking to these guys? Or do you talk to the players at all? Is it strictly through the agents? Uh, most of it's through the agents. Most of the guys, if they have an agent, they don't necessarily want to, uh, you know, get into those conversations. Um, you know, I, I offer up my sort of guidance at the end of the year when we have our exit meetings, and I let them know if they got any questions for me while they're, while they're going to go through free agency or whatever, you know, their choices are that they, they just go ahead and call me and we'll talk about it. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, for the most part, it's Kyle talking to the agents. You've got uh, the core of your offense re-signed, that big offensive line. And I know how you how important you feel that is. That has to be a, a very satisfying feeling to know that Stanley Bryant and Pat Newfeld and Jermarcus Hardrick and the underrated and often not talked about Manasseh Fichetti have all been re-signed. Yeah, what a group. They, they really are. And, and it was very important for us to get all those guys signed back and, and done quickly. And, um, you know, I, I wasn't sure how that was going to go. Um, you know, a guy like Manasseh Fichetti could be playing. And, and uh, I think he just really enjoys the room he's in. And, um, you know, he's a quiet sort of guy, but he's when he steps on the field, he's he's uh, a fierce competitor like, like the rest of them are. So and he's a he's a, a very important piece in that in that puzzle having that in, insurance to uh, know that if anything happens to our tackles he's going to step in and do a, a great job for us. Um, but getting all those guys signed back was certainly first and foremost on the list, and and it it, it was done. And um, you know it's interesting when I looked across, I was doing a little um, look through a, a couple of reports, and I don't think Stanley Bryant took a penalty last year. You know, I'm, I'm, I looked at the report and it had That's zero. Remarkable. It is remarkable. I don't know. I have to go back. I, I don't remember him taking one. The stats say he didn't take one, but I have to look back and see whether he did or didn't. There might have been one declined or something like that. Right. But he plays at such a high level. Um, you know, with Hardrick, he's just a, a real emotional leader. He helps drive practice um, just with his with his energy at practice, how much he runs around the field all the time, and he and he loves his truly loves his teammates like a lot of them do. But man, he he's not afraid to show it on every single play. And then the interior, um, you know, just a group of guys that that are tough. You know, they 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 play hard nosed football, and uh, they showed up on the penalty report uh, <laughs> a few more <laughs> times. But uh, you know that that's. 
that's okay. You know, we yeah. were we we did a great job with penalties this year, and and a few of our interior guys took took a few, um, but they take them as as you know they're they're tough penalties, and and sure. certainly the guy on the other end knows that uh, he's in a battle. Mike O'Shea is with me in studio. The first uh, half hour of the show tonight. Been any Jets games this winter? I went. Uh, I went last night. Yeah. Yeah. One nothing over Vancouver. Yeah. How was it? It was a good game. Yeah. Yeah. A nope. win. It's a win. I... <laughs> it's good. <laughs> I hear you. All right. You signed Darian Durant on the weekend. As soon as Montreal let him go, was your radar on him? Uh, well, you, it's interesting because things just come up, right? But there's also times where you, you know, it's a it's a fun exercise to go around and and have these discussions and try and figure out what everybody's moves are going to be, you know. And and you look at, uh, you know, if you couple that with some information you have in terms of salaries and bonuses and when they're due, you can sometimes you can predict something that, mm-hmm. that's going to happen. So, uh, you, you know. You figured that that might happen, and it's never a bad thing to add uh, a guy with experience and 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 uh, and great cup experience. Yeah, you got it done very quickly. You obviously uh, offered him something that he was very interested in. Yeah, honestly, I don't I don't get into that side of it. You know, I'm not looking at the. No, I'm not asking you about money, but yeah. clearly, the, what's going on here had to be of interest to. You. Oh, our, what our team is doing. Yeah, what, uh, yeah, I think. I think these these players know each other. It's a small league, you know, and I think uh, there's there's enough movement that that guys are, are are around on other teams. Friends are get dispersed, and they they keep talking. And um, I think Winnipeg is a is a good destination. Players believe that we're doing good things here. Darian Durant will be 36 in August. Uh, had a tough time in Montreal last year. Any reservations about him? 30, I didn't know that he was 36. Oh, that He's changes 35. everything. He's 35. Changes now. everything. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. He'll be 36 in August. Well, I think, how old is Tom Brady? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not suggesting he's too old. I'm asking you if you had any reservations. No, I didn't even think about it, Bob. I didn't. Yeah. I don't know players' ages. I really don't look at it like that. Yeah. You know, I think he's... Well, uh, maybe you should. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, look, quarterbacks can play, as we all know, until they're 40 for sure. Yep. Uh, but, the, okay, so the, he had a tough time in Montreal. He's had some injury issues. Were there were there any reservations about bringing Darian Durant in? Uh, not that I can think of, no. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. He's a proven performer, yeah, 30, 31,000 yards. Yeah, like passing. I said, it's it's never a bad idea to add a, add a good player with, with a good amount of experience and uh, obviously, some leadership qualities, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's played with Weston Dressler. You know, as Paul Apelis. There's all all sorts of reasons why. There's he would all come sorts here. of positive reasons yeah. why you know he should be a bomber. And you're convinced he still has game, obviously. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, the room. I know how important the room is to you, and and the uh, atmosphere and all the rest of it. Uh, do you put a lot of thought into that when you think about signing players, bringing players in? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's one of those things I think a lot about. But as as time has gone on uh, with my time in here, um, it's not that I put less thought into it. It's I believe we put enough work into it, um, and the players that you know are committed to being 
on this team have put enough effort into it that um, you can think, I think, the same amount of time, spend amount of time thinking about it, but mm. you spend less time worrying about it. So I'm not worried about players coming in and fitting in. Yeah. You know, I, I know what's going to happen, and uh, I know that, um, you know, the great thing about this group of guys is they, they are really handling a lot of stuff on their own. Yeah. Yeah, it's so, important. And Darren Durant will fit the room. From everything you know, he's going to just fit like perfectly. Yeah, I don't, I don't see any reason why not, yeah. you know. Yeah. So what is it about Durant that you like? As head coach of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, what is it about Darian Durant that appeals most to you? Well, I think like like a lot of guys in that position, they're they're competitive, you know. I think he's, once again, he's got some... Uh, some v- good leadership qualities. He's displayed them, you know, in the past. You can see it watching watching tape, competing against him, and I think he he likes to compete. So, it's uh, this is a, a good opportunity for him too, right? It's, mm-hmm. You know, I think it was a tough year last year. I think not just for him, for you know that unfortunately that team in general, and uh, you know, as a fan of the CFL, I don't like to see any team sort of twist in the wind a little bit. I did a couple of uh, interviews with Regina radio stations today, and one of the things they talked about was two years ago, it would have been hard to comprehend that Darian Durant and Weston Dressler would be playing in the Labor Day Classic wearing blue and gold uniforms. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I know you don't think in those terms, but but we do and fans do, and it's – if we could roll back the clock two years. Well, hopefully it's a nightmare for them when yeah, they close no, their eyes. That would have been probably a little bit inconceivable. Let's talk about the defense, Mike, because at the end of the year, um, you said in your season-ending address that the defense has to improve. You have to give up uh, fewer yards, fewer points, fewer big plays. You like the turnovers that you force. That's a big part of it. Um, what uh, to, to the fans listening now, what would you say to them in terms of how you're going to go about doing that? Well, I mean, from a from a from a player standpoint, you know, it's it's us as coaches um, demanding more communication, um, uh, coaching their some little details um, harder. You know, I think there's some some details that we can. Um, put out there on a daily basis that are going to help our players and put them in a, in a better position to, to make plays. Um, I think once again, the, the, the constant reminder to communicate, um, is, is it's gotta be there, you know, every single day, it's gotta be there in the meetings, right? We have to make sure these guys are communicating well and, and similarly, right. They're on the same page language wise, um, which they're not far off. They really aren't far off. And then I think, you know, a little bit of experience, uh, um, you know, another year under some of these young guys' belts are, is going to help. Um, you know, it's it's all stuff that to me is, is you know, it's one of those things that we're not far off on. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that was also said at the end of the year was that you, Mike O'Shea, are going to be more involved yeah. in the defense. Yeah, and I and I and I commented on that at the end of the that interview at the end, and and I think that the gist of it and 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 what I believe is I'm going to be more available. You know, I think over the last couple of years I've been trying to get a hold of Lapo's offense and and you know dabbling in the special teams as as Boo gets his his 
feet on the ground in terms of the Canadian game. And, um, you know, now those things I think are running uh, quite well and, and I'll uh, still have my time in those areas, but I think I'll just be more available um, on the defensive side. And, and I look forward to it, to tell you the truth. I want to get back into um, thinking the game more defensively. Richie Hall has said over and over again that if we can get rid of these explosion plays, mm-hmm. we all these issues go away. And I think we saw that in the in the semifinal game in, in spades. Do you agree with that? That if somehow you can, you know, get the players on defense to not have those breakdowns, that all you know everything improves automatically from that. I think that would be a big improvement. I don't think that everything improves automatically. I thought, you know, once again, uh, besides the, you know, a, a large number of takeaways this year, I thought our pressure improved. Um, you know, we we ended up generating a decent amount of sacks, but we also generated a, a, a good number of pressures too. So, so uh, if we can couple that with uh, just a few more plays on on footballs, you know, and and um, you know, a goal every game is to be assignment perfect, right? So mm. we've got to get much closer to the goal of being assignment perfect. It is the 22nd of January. What's left in your winter now? What has what Mike O'Shea and the Bomber coaching staff got for the next few weeks as you prepare for training yeah, camp they're, in they're, May? they're still off. You know, they're all doing their own little projects, things they want to look at. Yeah. Um, but they're off for another little bit, and then we'll all sort of reconvene Um I think it'll still be winter when we reconvene <laughs> and and get together as a group and start uh, putting all our eyes on a collective effort, right? Right, and then free agency on the thirteenth, the fourteenth of February. You'll keep it, and then the draft. Free agency on the thirteenth. Uh, draft is not till May. Right. So, um, in between there, we'll have a um, a mini camp, and yeah, uh, you know, we have the we're hosting the football week. So we'll we'll run the combine. Our coaching staff will run the combine, run the guys through the drills, and we'll have a pile of interviews we'll do for that for to get ready for the draft. So yeah. uh, it'd be good. Seems like a long way away to training camp, but no. boy, the time no. flies, it's, doesn't it? Huh? It's right around the corner. Yeah, which is a good thing. Just sure. lots of work to do between now and then, but that's yeah. that's the fun of it, really. It's uh, I know you're ready. excited because you you feel you got a good thing going here, and you're you got a good group and all the rest of it, and the, the future's bright. Yeah, and finding some of those answers, you know, to to put us over the top is going to be a uh, it's a good challenge, but it's it, it keeps you motivated. It really does. Joined now by Andrew Harris, who did all and more that any running back could do in 2017. Led the league in rushing, 1,035 yards, caught 857 yards worth of passes. Was named an All Canadian. Was named the top Canadian in the Canadian Football League. And I've missed probably a few of the honors he received. Did I miss any, Andrew? I think you got it all there, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever I missed, I'll add later on. Tell me about your off season so far. Have you been able to get away to any warm locales? Yeah, I actually, I went down to uh, to Miami in December uh, with my uh, well, my fiance. Now we got engaged um, on December 9th. so uh, that was that was a big highlight to to, to cap off a, a really solid 2017. So um, yeah, it was, it was it's a big year, a lot, a lot of exciting stuff going on and. Um, you know, it was, it was even better to, to be able to end it the way it did. So, um, yeah, so I got, we got back, um, on the 15th or 16th and, um, yeah, I just enjoyed the holidays and, and then Christmas and New Year's and all that. And now it's, uh, back to the grind. 
Well, congratulations on the engagement. Tell me about your your training program, Andrew. Did you take some time off after the season to kind of recharge, or do you get right back into it? Well, it's funny actually. Like usually, when I was, when I was younger, I, I would start training right away in, in January, and then as I got a bit older, um, you know, you, you get take so much so much wear and tear in the season. So I'd like to take a little more time off, and I wouldn't usually start up until uh, March. But now that you're getting a little older, you know, you, you can't take too much time off because it just takes that much longer to, to get it back again. So um, I'm back in the gym already, um, back dieting a little bit here and, 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 and getting some things going. But, uh, yeah, I just want to be able to maintain um, and, and work on some, some things that I want to improve on for, for next season and, and, and get better with that. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty passive right now as far as the training goes, but uh, definitely back in the gym and, and uh, I move it around. And honestly, the, the best cross trainer for me is, is, is out playing some ice hockey, uh, playing like a little beer league uh, at the Highlander. And I mean, that's, uh, that's, that's probably the biggest thing for me is just, just to be able to still move around and, and uh, stay mobile and, and use some different muscles than, than, than you do when you're running with the football. But, uh, um, you know, the, the hockey is nice. It's not as hard on the knees and, and the hips and stuff. And, um, you know, it just keeps everything kind of open. <clears throat> Is there a lot of weight training for you, Andrew? Is it most uh, mostly cross training? How would you describe your program? Um, it, right now, it's it's there's more heavy weights right now, and 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 as you kind of get closer to the season, you you kind of transform into doing more foot speed, more dynamic movements. Um, I mean, you can you can be big and bulky all you want, but if you can't you know put that muscle into into fruition and into action, then I mean it's uh, it's, it's hard to get going. So. Um, yeah, just just getting more mobile at, at near nearing training camp. Um, a lot more, a lot lot less weight workouts. More so, just you know, running and running routes and and doing foot speed and and things like that and plyometrics. You know, jumping around and and jumping on boxes and and um, you know, just just different different foot patterns is is, is what it, what it kind of gets boils down to near the nearing the the beginning of training camp. So um, yeah, th- there's definitely phases to to what you do. Um, and, and having having a good program is is definitely um, important. And uh, I've been working out with with Jeff Fisher at Elite Performance for you know, over ten years now. And uh, he's definitely he's definitely been a, a big influence on where I am today and, and keeping keeping me in shape. Well, the Bombers have re-signed most of the offensive core, and they've brought in Darian Durant on the weekend. What do you think about that? I mean, it's, I, I we have the same agent, and uh, when he got released. Um, I, I sent him a message and I said, you know, this this guy'd be a good fit. And I was wondering, kind of, what the what the talks were. And he said, yeah, we're already kind of working on it. So, uh, you know, I was happy to hear about that. Um, I mean, uh, Darian's got such a good pedigree. Um, you know, I've I've, I've heard and, and you know, kind of witnessed what kind of guy he is um, in the locker room and, and and around his team. And um, seems like a great teammate and someone who knows the league so well. And 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 some of that's work with La Police. That's that's very important to to have that relationship and, and that rapport. So. Um, I think that he's going to be a great fit for us, and you know he's going to bring a little more veteran experience. And you know he knows a lot of these defensive coordinators and defensive players that we play against, and he's definitely going to be able to help us out in a lot of ways. And you know, heaven forbid anything happens to, to Matt, we know that we have a guy that uh, can step in and, and get the job done as well. So um, uh, it's definitely exciting for us, and uh, looking forward to getting getting to work with him. Okay, Andrew. Before I let you go, now you you educated me on thermia last year. Are you uh, are you still doing your thermia thing uh, in your off season? Yeah, program? I still I still go I still go once in a while, not as much <laughs> as during the season, but uh, yeah, Bob. If you want to go on a date, I'll uh, I'll bring you all one time. We'll we'll go we'll go sit in hot tub together. We'll go do the ice tub. We'll do everything. All right. So uh, yeah. let me know and we'll go hit it up together. 
Well, let me let me think about that, uh, Andrew. Don't don't call me. I'll call you on that one. Okay. Sounds, sounds good. We can, get, we can get a couple's massage too if you want. Oh, now you're starting to talk uh, my now, language. Now you're talking, eh? Hey, Andrew. Thanks for doing this. We really appreciate it. Uh, we're looking forward to the the upcoming season already. I'm sure you are too. It's going to be an exciting year, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, 2017 was was great. Um, you know, I think we, we we made a lot of strides and, and came a long way from even the year before. And uh, there's there's definitely a lot more to be done. And you know, personally for my myself, it was a great year. But uh, you know, there was one thing that uh, we didn't we didn't accomplish. So you know, that that's what we're coming back for. And um, you know, that that's that definitely something that uh, is is number one on my on my goals um, for for this year and, and and last year as well. But uh, you know, we got we got the key components and the, the camaraderie and the chemistry and. You know, uh, Kyle's, Kyle's doing a great job of assembling the team from, from what I've seen so far. And um, we've got lots of faith in, in, in what the, the scouting department's going to do. And, um, you know, and again, we, I, honestly, we, we have such a good group with, with the guys that are in the locker room. And uh, just looking forward to this upcoming year for sure. Thanks, Andrew. Have a good uh, rest Thanks. of your winter. We'll see you sometime in the spring. Sounds good. Thank you. Andrew Harris, Blue Bomber running back. Pleased to welcome to... The second half hour of the show, the quarterback of the Blue Bombers, Matt Nichols. Matt, how are you? I'm great, Bob. How are you? I'm good. How's your winter going? It's going splendidly. Now that the uh, minus 40s have passed <laughs> by, at least hopefully. Um, you know, but it's been great. You know, we did we did some great things in, in December in the community. And, uh, um, you know, really just... You know, with the new one, we've been uh, you know, finding things, finding ways to get my my older daughter out and about, and leave the house a little bit here and there. But you know, for us, it was pretty much quick trips to the car, and wherever we were going, we were uh, you know scuttling inside as quick as we could. So uh, <laughs> I know it's been great, and and you know, we we love being here this winter. Yeah, you made a decision. I know to spend the off season here in Winnipeg, and we've. Uh... We've given you a taste of uh, how cold it can get, but uh, this last uh, week has been nice, right? Well, that's what we've been talking about. It's insane how uh, you really do adapt to it because, um, you know, it gets over zero and you feel like you don't need to wear a sweater anymore and it feels like the middle of summer. And, you know, in the past, uh, you know, lived in areas where once it gets to 30, everything shuts down and schools shut down and, and, uh, you know, people don't know how to handle it. So, I mean, it's just funny how, you know, your circumstances and where you live can kind of change the way you feel about temperatures. Yeah, that's uh, so true. A lot of people think we're nuts uh, that live here year round, and maybe that's maybe that's right. I, I don't know, but anyway, we 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 do get used to it after a while. Hey, tell me, Matt, about your your off season, the training, and whatnot. Are you are you in the gym every day like uh, Andrew Harris is talking about doing here the next uh, the next little while? Yeah, actually, uh, yeah, I felt like I started a little bit earlier than, than usual this year, and I think a lot of that has to do with you know being able to just stay here and and uh, you know obviously a lot of the guys leave, so um, you know really it's kind of been secluded with the you know the four of us in our apartment and and uh, you know right now with the two kids, my my real alone time is uh, you know when I work out. So you know, my wife and I kind of started a, a 31 straight days of working out once January hit. Um, you know, really been kind of grinding, grinding already, uh, uh, trying to get uh, in shape to, you know, I think, I think that, you know, some of the things I talked about last off season, I want to get better at running around and, and, and doing some, some of those types of things. I felt like, uh, you know, took strides in that area, but, you know, I, I want to prove even, even more on that, be able to, to run around and, 
attack defenses in a different way, um, you know, more consistently. So that's a, that's a focus of mine, you know, trying to make sure you keep the weight down and, uh, uh, you know, be a little bit lighter on the feet and, and be able to, to run around and make more plays. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Walters has re-signed Stanley Bryant, Pat Newfeld, Jermarcus Hardrick, Manessi Fochetti, Weston Dressler, Timothy Flanders. You must be, Matt Nichols, happy with the work that uh, Mr. Walters has done so far. Absolutely. I mean, uh, I felt like we, for the better, you know, for most of the season last year, we were the most explosive offense, uh, putting up the most points in the league. Um, you know, to be able to, be able to keep the, that amount of guys together, uh, you know, along with the coordinator and, and and position coaches. I mean, basically the entire same group coming back with a few. Obviously, there'll be a couple changes here and there, but um, you know, to be able to have that this day and age is just incredible. And really, it's going to be kind of our third year in a row altogether. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I see us just making more strides and. And uh, you know, I think that we we improved a lot from year one to year two, and I think that you know when we go back and you know Coach Lapo and I and Buck and and Marty, all of us are you know extremely uh, detail oriented and critical of ourselves. And you know, going back and watching the games, you really see that there's still a lot of areas that we can we can improve on. And and uh, you know, I think that that's that's awesome. When when I felt like we had a very successful year on offense, that uh, you know we're still you know continuing to to grind it out and 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 make sure that we're doing everything possible that you know we can we can put up as many points as possible throughout the entire season so uh, i think guys are tirelessly working to make sure that we continue to improve your backup this year matt nichols is going to be darian durant i don't know if you you know darian very well but what was your reaction when you heard that the bombers had signed darian you know honestly my initial reaction was uh and I thought it was incredible because, um, you know, I think that anytime you can add talent, you can add you can add guys like him to your team. You automatically make your team better. I mean, he's a guy that's been in championship games. He's won a championship, and and I think that that kind of um, you know, having those people around that have been there and done it, I think, just goes a long ways for you know helping us get over the hump. You know, that's obviously where we want to get to, and. I think the more people we can have around with those experiences that can help us get over that this you know our last little hurdle, I think is big for us. So I look forward to to picking his brain and and uh, you know get to know him a little bit better. You know I did, you know obviously you get to know some of the guys just in passing you know before and after games, but I got to spend a couple of days with them at at Weston Dressler's wedding last off season, so I got to know him a little bit there, and I think that uh, you'll get to know him and even that little bit. And obviously I you know I take Weston's uh, you know, word for anyone, uh, um, you know, to heart. And I think that, you know, obviously he says nothing but good things about him. So you know, I think that it's going to be a great working relationship. And you know, I think that it's important to have that QB room all be on the same page and, and you know, working harmoniously. And I think that, you know, the minds that we have in there, you know, including, uh, you know, Buck Pierce and, and Coach Lapo, you know, adding Darian to that, I think just improves our game planning, improves, um, you know, challenging, uh you know, our, our ideas that we already have in place, you know, there's things that, that Darian's done in his career that I think can, you know, we, we just continue to grow and, and, and try and get better and get over that last hurdle and, and win a championship. Okay, here's the big question, Matt. The final question is the big question. Have you been ice fishing yet? Oh, I have not been ice fishing yet, <laughs> but I really want to. I think that uh, I want to experience those things. Uh, you know, I wanted to, my, my goal was to, learn how to ice skate this year i mean i grew up in california it's not even an offered 
uh, thing. You know, there's not a rink within hundreds of miles of where I grew up. So, um, you know, that was, that was tough for me. And I wanted to learn that this year, but, um, you know, Wade Miller overheard me mentioning that one time and, you know, he gave me the side eye, like I need to stay off the skate. So you know, I haven't gotten, I haven't done that. You know, I'm usually pretty reserved in my off season activities, make sure I don't, you know, injure myself doing something stupid, but, um, yeah, so that's that, that that was a goal of mine, which I don't think I'm gonna get around to it after that look Wade gave me. But yeah. uh, I would like to do ice fishing. Well, skating can be a little a little dangerous if you've never done it. But you got to go ice fishing, Matt, because you can't hurt yourself ice fishing. Trust me, <laughs> and it's fun. No, that's that's the plan. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Matt, thanks for doing this. Really appreciate it. Uh, enjoy the rest of your winter here in beautiful Winnipeg, and we'll see you at training camp if not before. I appreciate it. I can't wait. Okay. Thanks, Matt. We hope you're enjoying this edition of the Blue Bomber Podcast. There is some Doug Brown kicking around. No GMAC, but I hope you are enjoying this look at the Blue Bomber offseason thus far and invite you to stick around. Please subscribe. Please share. Please rate the Blue Bomber Podcast with Doug Brown as we get closer to May and training camp for your Winnipeg Blue Bombers. More conversation with Bob Irving right after this. Information is everywhere, and it can be hard to tell fact from fiction. You can depend on CJOB to keep you up to date on what is happening in Winnipeg. Global news on CJOB. More reporters asking more questions, getting you more answers. Darian Durant signed on the weekend, agreeing to terms with the Blue Bombers. Darian, uh, welcome to Winnipeg. Thank you. Thank you. So glad to be a part of... uh you know, everything that's being built there in Winnipeg. I'm excited. Happened pretty fast, didn't it? <laughs> it did. Uh, you know, once I got released from Montreal, uh, you know, I took a couple of days to weigh weigh my options. And, uh, you know, Winnipeg, you know, they, they had everything I was looking for in the organization. And I definitely wanted to be a part of it. Were there other teams, uh, Darren, that had contacted you or your agent? Yes, there were. Uh, there were three other teams. Uh, don't want to get into the specifics of those teams, but uh, you know there was a little interest out there. Mm-hmm. But you you felt this was the best fit. I did. Uh, you know, I just look at what Coach O'Shea is building. Uh, the guys in the locker room, of course, having a previous relationship with Weston and uh, Coach Lapo. Uh, you know, talking to those guys throughout the process made it a little bit easier for me. Uh, and, I, and, you know, just watching from afar, just seeing, uh, you know, where the team was and, and where it's going. And, uh, you know, hopefully I can help add to that and, uh, you know, help bring a great cup to Winnipeg. You know, I was on a couple of uh, Regina radio stations earlier today, Darian, and one of the things that was brought up was could any of us have imagined two years ago that Darian Durant and Weston Dressler would be coming to play in the Labor Day Classic wearing blue bomber uniforms. Could you have ever imagined that? (laughs) Never. I mean, being on the Saskatchewan side of things, you know, you kind of develop a hatred towards, uh, you know, Winnipeg being that uh, the Labor Day Classic is such a huge game for both provinces. But, um, you know, I, I would have never thought in a million years I'd be a part of it on the other side. But I'm happy. I mean, sometimes you wonder to yourself what it would be like uh, being a visitor during the Labor Day Classic. And I get to uh, have that experience this year, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. You've had a wonderful career. You've you've won a championship. You, you played in the same team for a decade. 
But the last year and a bit has been rough for you. The, the falling out, I guess, if I can use that term, in Saskatchewan, and then the, the tough year last year in Montreal. Do you see this, Darian, as kind of a reset and a, a new beginning? No doubt. No doubt. I mean, you know, everyone wants to play. There's no no doubt about it. But going through what I went through the past couple years, uh, it's been rough. And losing's no fun. Um, and, and going to work every day became... Uh, more and more of a challenge. So I wanted to put myself in a situation where, one, I can have fun. I mean, you want to enjoy your work environment. That's very crucial to me. Uh, and, uh, you know, two, you just want to go somewhere where you feel like they have a good locker room and uh, they have a chance to win. And uh, that's what I saw in Winnipeg. And, uh, you know, hopefully everything works out that way. How will the adjustment be to, to being a backup? Because, you know, you've been told that's your role coming in here. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like that won't be a problem at all. It's it's something I've done before. Um, I think I said said it before that I started my career on the practice roster. Um, then I was third string. Then I was backup, and then I was able to work my way up to be a starter. But I understand that in order to win, everyone has a role, and uh, the, that role can change from week to week. You never know in this business. So, um, you know, whatever role Coach O'Shea needs of me. Uh, I'm, I'm willing to, to do my part 100%. I, I'm not looking at it as, uh, you know, an opportunity to to just be a backup. I'm looking at it as an opportunity to help be a leader and help bring a great cup to a great organization. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Sure. Did, did Dressler and Paul Lapolice, uh call you and, and uh, influence your decision, Darian? They did. Uh, you know, when I first got released, I uh, heard from Weston, uh, of course, more so on the friend friendship level than anything. Uh, and, uh, you know, he had nothing but great things to say about the team, the city, uh, and the direction it was headed. And then a couple of days later, I talked to Coach Lapo. Um, you know, he laid out, you know, kind of a plan of what he saw for me and how I would fit in. And, uh, you know, everything both of those guys said, I, I liked it. And, uh, you know, I made the decision. Well, I can tell you, you're going to love it here, Darry. And the football environment here is, I know it's unique in Regina. I think we all agree with that. But there's a tremendous football environment here. I'm sure you felt that when you've come over to play for the Rough Riders. So uh, I think you're going to, sure. I think you're going to love it here. For sure. I'm looking forward to it. You know, like I said, you always see it, uh, you know, being on the opposing side, coming into that stadium in Winnipeg. It's always been a tough place to play. So, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to being on the good side. Sure. Darian, thanks for doing this. Much appreciated. We'll see you uh, sometime in the spring. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Darian Durant, signed by the Blue Bombers, if you somehow missed it on Saturday. And what a tremendous backup the Bombers will have at quarterback to Matt Nichols this year. Pleased to be joined by the general manager of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Kyle Walters. We've guested with Darian Durant, Matt Nichols, Andrew Harris, and Mike O'Shea. And uh, now we bring... Kyle along to talk about what's happened so far and what could happen in the rest of this offseason. Kyle, let's start with Darian Durant. Boy, that came together quickly, didn't it? Uh, or did yeah, it? I, I guess. I mean, no, I mean, well, when you when you realize, I mean, you, you do all your research and you, you, the kind of writing was on the wall with these roster bonuses that certain players have and, and agents do a good job of putting those in there uh, for exactly this type of situation that it can clear, clear up that uh, can clear up a, a contract issue like this 
uh, well before free agency. So, so mm-hmm. they were, we had an idea this was coming. And then, and then when you saw Darren got released, we, uh, you know, we started talking with his agent pretty aggressively and, um, you know, Darian took a couple of days and, and took a deep breath and, uh, you know, made, made a decision and we were right in there. And, and I think, uh, you know, I think he felt comfortable here and I think he, he understood the role that we wanted to bring him in on and, and wrapped his head around it. And, and it, it got done pretty quick relative uh, to other kind of negotiations. Once uh, we were in the ballpark with numbers and, and realized we wanted him and he wanted to be here and it went pretty smoothly. Boy, when you get a guy with his pedigree, Kyle, to be your number two quarterback, uh, that's a pretty good situation, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, in the CFL, you see it, you know, not as much last year, thank goodness for all the teams, but, uh, you know, with, with such a long season and uh, 18 games that if, if your starting quarterback uh, has to miss some games, for, for whatever reason, you still want to put your, uh, you want to be able to put a team out there that, that everybody feels you can, you can be confident and then you go out and win a football game. And uh, certainly with Darian, we believe that. And, and, and in this Western conference, you just, you just can't afford to go through a slide. You, you just can't. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think in the East, you see teams go through a little bit lulls and, and as long as they get their, uh, they get their act together at the end of the year, they can go on. You saw it the last two years, you know, the last third of the year, I think, unfortunately in the West, if you go through a if you go through a lull for an extended period of five six seven games, you're you're probably on the outside looking in on a playoff pay, uh, uh, berth. So you you just can't afford to do that. Well, and the West is going to be as tough as ever this year too, Kyle. I look at I think BC is going to bounce back, and then you got Edmonton and Calgary, Saskatchewan now with Calaris. Man, there's not going to be uh, not going to be very many easy weeks, are there? Well, boy, you look in the West and the the, the the quarterbacks. I mean, yeah, I agree with you. I think BC just, you know, I think they just had an off year and I think uh, Jennings will bounce back. Uh, they played really good defense. They have too much talent on that team mm-hmm. uh, to go through another year like that. And, and you saw the way Saskatchewan played. They were a minute away from going to the great cup. And now they've added Zach Caleros that if he gets back to the way he was uh, a couple years ago, which was, was close to be an MVP of the league. And then as you said, Edmonton and Calgary just, the last couple of years have just been solid and, 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 you know, Calgary just keeps winning and winning and winning and, and they'll obviously be back and motivated again after the last two years. And, and Edmonton wants to, you know, get back to where they were three years ago. So it's a, uh, it's a dogfight here in the West. All right. You've re-signed a lot of your key guys, Kyle, as you rate your off season so far, are you, are you relatively pleased with uh, the number of players you've re-signed? Yeah, I guess, you know, in, back in December, we had a strategy and we, we looked at the cap we had and decided let's go after, let's go after the offensive line. It was no secret. Uh, try, to, try to get as many of those guys back under contract as we could, um, believing that that was, uh, you know, that was the strength of the group, the depth of that offensive line, our ability to keep Matt uh, upright and our ability to, you know, find for Tim and Andrew you know, and, and it, they're a tight knit group and we wanted to get them done. Um, and then, you know, shifted, shifted some of the attention over to the defense with some depth stuff. And it's, uh, you know, I guess up to this point and, and it's, everybody's going through it. When you have over 20 free agents, you just have to prioritize. It's unrealistic. You think you can get everybody back. Everybody wants, uh, everybody deservedly. So wants a raise, uh, they compare contracts to guys that have signed and, and, 
Um, you know, it's, it's a challenging time for uh, guys in my position where you want to try to keep that core together, but you also want to, you want to increase, or excuse me, you want to improve. And, and, you know, we haven't won a playoff game, Bob, it's no secret. So, you know, the, the, we have to improve our roster. We have to make tweaks. We have to, you know, offensively, we need to score more touchdowns um, rather than field goals. I think we need, you know, we need more explosive plays from our receivers uh, and and on defensive side of the ball, we just can't we just can't give up so many big plays. It's mm. as simple as that. The, the, you know the the number of the number of explosive plays we give up through the air in particular really caught up with us. And, and you know, and in that playoff game, you saw it. So you know, it would be it would be foolish to say, uh, you know, we're just going to go status quo across the board with our roster and think that uh, you know and, and think that we're we're happy with that. We, we realize we've got a good core and we've won, you know, we won second most games over the last two years in the CFL, but we're, we're not happy without winning a playoff game, which means, you know, the combination of certain guys want more money and the combined with, well, you know, maybe we need to tweak things here or there uh, to get us over that hump. That's, that's what we're trying to evaluate between now and the the free agency. Sure. Um, I get asked in particular, Kyle, about three players who are still unsigned, and I don't know how much you want to get into individual negotiations, but I'll ask you about these guys. Number one, Mo, yeah. Le- Mo Leggett. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to guess you're going to bring up Leggett, Heath, and Westerman. Is that correct? You got it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, those, those are it's the same thing. Those are three, three guys on the defensive side of the ball that um, – you know, we've t- we've talked to them. I mean, obviously, obviously had had a, had discussions with them and wrapped head around what they think their value is on the open market and you know what we can do from a from a cap standpoint. And it's a matter of how how can you come together and you look at you know you you know Mo and Jamal are coming off season ending injuries. Um, that you, ha- you want to make sure everything's healthy and, and ready to roll. If you're going to try to invest the, the money that these guys want and deserve, then, then you want to make sure that that you're going to get a return on that. And as I said, it's, it's, it's the time of year right around now where agents and players start digging their heels in and, and, you know, tough decisions have to be made. And, and we've still got a, we've still got a few more weeks to, to see where we're at, but it's, uh, you know, it's been going on and on. Certainly, since the you know started mid December, try to get a feel from from them and their agents where they're thinking, where their minds at from a dollar standpoint, and then you know you start knocking off the guys that that sign and and, and go from there. And it's as I said, it's not a it's not a great spot to be in for any of the general managers right now, where you've you're sitting looking at your roster and you've got you know you've got a couple guys, and in this case, the three that you said that that all want significant raises and, and how do you fit that into the cap is it likely that one two or three of those will go to free agency yeah it's hard to say as i said it's you know who knows some, some of them it right. was looking like that with chris randall and then it kind of came together quickly so you know it's once once things turn they can get going real quick but we're just, we're just not sure at this moment but mm. you know all uh, we'll address this closer to free agency as every as every year bob a couple of days prior yeah. I'll, I'll be able to give a, a, a better update as far as um who it looks like is going to go and who's not yeah i i assume kyle that you're on the phone every hour of every day with an agent talking about somebody yeah it's 
you know, it's for every for every argument why, you know, it's it's back and forth and back and forth. And you don't want to get into it. You know, I'll never talk negative about our guys, you know, but sometimes you just you just think that the agents at times are unrealistic. And and, you know, sometimes it takes to go to the open market to say, well, you know, maybe my offer was the best in hindsight. And, you know, it's mm-hmm. there's a lot of doing research and comparables. And, uh, you know, really, though, Bob, all it takes is one contract. Um, whatever, let's say a defensive back gets a contract for 150000 for example, then that kind of sets the bar, and every DB that thinks they're good wants that number, and it's just that's just the way it works. Yeah. So, it's, uh, you know, then we counter with, yeah, but here's a here's a really good DB, and he's making 90 for example, or something like that. So, you know, that that's – unfortunately, those are the discussions. You go back and forth why – why the agent in this example wants 150 and I think 90 is the number and yeah. you know and I'm just using hypotheticals here but that's sure. you know you go on and on and on and on and on and, and it's uh, you know, like you're banging your head against the wall day after day sometimes it feels like yeah it'd be great if you could pay them all I guess it, do, you, do you expect to be active in free agency Kyle yeah I'm actually I pulled up the salary cap in front of me here and I'm looking at it with the holes and, or with the with sort of the the, the color coded where our spots are. Yeah, I, I anticipate us. Um, you know, obviously that depends. A lot of that depends on it, who and if anybody signed prior to free agency from our from our, our current group. Um, but but we do have we do have some funds allocated at a piece here or there for sure, Bob. Yeah. Well, Kyle, I uh, appreciate you doing this tonight. Good talking to you. I know you got lots of work uh, yet yet to do, and uh, uh, I, I'll. I'll keep telling the fans who ask me about T.J. Heath, Mo Leggett, and Jamal Westerman that you're working on it. How about that? Yeah, it, everything's a work in progress, <laughs> and it's got to be right for the player, and it's got to be right for the team, and that's sure. just the way it is. Yeah. We go right to the top for the CEO of the Blue Bombers, Wade Miller, who joins us on our winter special. Now, let's get one thing clear here, Wade. Did you actually discourage Matt Nichols from playing hockey or skating this winter? I don't know what he's talking about. I, I don't remember <laughs> that at all, but... I do discourage that, yes, but I understand he wants to go ice fishing, so we'll make sure he goes ice fishing and gets the Canadian experience of ice fishing. You know, if you can so. see a guy's a guy's eyes light up on a, a telephone, and you can't, but I thought his eyes lit up when I brought up ice fishing, so you'll have to see if you can work that out, Wade. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely make sure he does that, and you know, him and his family has made Winnipeg their home and uh, spent here all the winter here and tried to explain to him that it's normally not as cold as it was the last three weeks, but I don't think he believed me on that one. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a tough sell, isn't it, to, to people who don't live here normally. When you say, you know, it's normally not this cold here. They kind of roll their eyes, I find. Yeah, no, but he's, uh, it, it was good. Uh, yeah. You know, a great, great family and really has leaned into this community and uh, given a lot uh, back to the community. So good, good uh, representation of uh, his teammates. Well, it's the kind of commitment from a player of his stature now, a commitment to live here year-round that a, as a CEO. You must love that, Wade. No, we do, and we've got uh, great players involved in a lot of our different community programs that we're running all winter. Uh, and we have players uh, that just went through a bunch of training today for the anti-bullying program uh, through the Red Cross, and mm-hmm. they'll be on the schools promoting that uh, in the next two or three days. Um few of our other players are in training for the break the silence against violence program for 
uh, against women. Um, you know, in that program, our players, uh, you know, touched and, and, and spoke to over 10,000 students last year. So right. just, uh, you know, really good efforts on, on behalf of uh, the club and, and using the ability that our players have to deliver impactful messages to, to uh, our students and, and young people in, in our communities. Who are some of the players involved in those programs? Uh, Chris Randall, Matthias Goosen. Matthias Goosen last week spoke at a breakfast for about 14 minutes about the program. And just, it was unbelievable to sit there and watch and just so proud of uh, his development. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so Matthias Goosen, Thomas uh, Miles, um, you know, so, uh, you know, and obviously uh, Matt Nichols. So, yeah. um, you know, and, and and all of our players are involved either in the off season or during the season and, and, uh, you know, we also have our amateur football, uh, Blue Bomber Futures, and, you know, high school uh, age kids are down at camps at the U of W twice a week and uh, started off with the first down program this year of, you know, seven or sorry, five to eight year olds uh, running around and getting some movement towards football. And it's just great to see uh, all the activity in youth football as well. I have to tell you, in December, when the schedule came out, I, I nearly fell off my chair because it's been a long time since the schedule came out that early, and I was delighted. I can only imagine how thrilled you were to, to get it out there so your fans could see when the games were. Uh, for sure. The CFL and, and each team worked really hard to get that schedule out and to and to find something that worked for all the venues. So, um, you know, really excited by the schedule and uh you know, uh, besides the home opener and the season opener for the CFL on the 14th of uh, June, uh, you know, Friday and Saturday nights, just going to be a great, uh, great summer of football in Investors Group Field. So you, did you pretty much much get what you wanted, Wade, from the schedule in terms of your home games? Uh, we did the best we could. Uh, yeah. You know, we, um, yeah, it's good. And, you know, the, the kickoff uh, weekend, June 14th, uh, there'll be a, uh, a great halftime act uh, supported by Apple Music that will be announced uh, in the next few months. Uh, and then over the course of the year, we'll have five additional bands playing halftime shows. Uh, so we, we got the schedule as best as we could. Uh, got the start times as late as we could in the you know for the Friday night games. Uh, so really excited by that. Actually, uh, and you know July seventh is a Saturday night game. Um, and we think that's going to be a really interesting game for families and, uh, you know, everyone. I think the notion that everyone goes to cottages isn't completely accurate. And we have a lot of fans that are in the state, you know, in the city um, through through the weekend. So sure. we're excited by that as well. Well, you can't win that. Uh, you know, I've heard that cottage discussion all the years I've been here. And you can't win that one, really, can you? No, I don't think there's an answer to that one. No. But uh, we have a very diverse fan base. And, sure. you know. Uh, so that July 7th game would be great for everybody that's in Manitoba, you know, that we hear from that just says, you know, uh, Thursday or Friday night games are tough for us to get in, but yeah. you know, we do a Saturday. And so really looking forward to that. And in the fall, we got great games as well and look forward to seeing Saskatchewan twice, uh, this year and, uh, at home and, uh, you know, those are going to be great games in the fall. You have Mark's CFL week here in March. It'll be the second time the league has done this. It was a great success in Regina the first time last year, and uh, I know you've got big plans for it uh, when it comes here in March. 
Yeah, the March CFL week is just going to be a great experience. It's, it's the closest thing you're going to see to the Grey Cup, uh, uh, Grey Cup Fan Fest. Um, so it's uh, you know a lot of activity and start uh, Thursday, March 22nd, Fan Fest from three to ten at the Convention Center. There's community flag events, opportunity for media, uh, regional combine, you know, just a bunch of activities that will go on at the Convention Center and at the U of W Recplex, but you're going to see turf put down in the convention center Mm. Uh, and, uh, you know, a bunch of the athletes running and I'm not supposed to share all these details. So we'll just keep it, uh, you know, just in Winnipeg for now, but uh, it's going to be a great, uh, great time. And and it's really good. You know, the top 50 players are in town across the CFL and, and, and our fans will get to see them, you know, doing interviews and, you know, different, different events. And they're going to be, they're much more relaxed when they're not going out to play a football game in a day or two. So that's what I noticed last year. The most was that interaction that our fans could have with the players and coaches. And, uh, you know, so really excited by, uh, to be able to bring that event to Winnipeg, uh, tourism. Winnipeg was a big help, um, to secure that. Uh, when we showed up, when I showed up into Regina last year on the Thursday, uh, we started right then to make sure we got that to Winnipeg for the following year. Well, I'm looking forward to that. Let me close on this note, Wade. The talk about moving the season earlier continues. I know the general managers discussed it when they were when they met in Banff. The, the commissioner has talked about it quite a bit. Uh, what's the likelihood that in the next year or two we're going to see the Canadian Football League regular season begin in late May or early June? Yeah, uh, you know, there's uh, there's a lot of moving parts to that. And, uh, you know, I think that's something as a league that we're looking at. And, you know, we'll uh, do what's right and, and take the time to make sure that everybody involved in is comfortable. Um, and it'll be an adjustment. But, you know, we hear from our fans that, you know, it's too cold at the end of the year. So that's a, that's a big issue for us as a league in Western Canada especially. And we think it's an opportunity to uh, give our fans what they want. It's the ability to enjoy the games in, in warmer weather. Um, so, I, I, you know, it's going to be a big shift uh, when that day does come. You think it's going to happen? Uh, I think in time it will for sure. Uh, just be a matter of when. I feel like a game should break out because I've got Doug Brown on my left and Ed Tate on his left. And this uh, is like being at Investors Group Field at the end of the first half. There's no score, though. Well, I don't know. Is there a score? Let's score what the Bombers have done in the offseason. Doug Brown, on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate the work that Kyle Walters has done putting a team together? Uh, you know, there's been a few surprises, a, a lot of expectations, I think. He's he's uh, checked a lot of boxes, so I think, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of work to be done. I think when you're looking about taking a next step, right, it's, it's not just about... Uh, as he mentioned when he was on earlier, it's not just about staying status quo. It's how does this team get better now, right? Yeah. It's been since 2003, since the Winnipeg football organization has had three winning seasons in a row, right? That was 2001, 2002, 2003, 15 years ago. They're, I remember they're, them well. <laughs> they're, they're trying to attain and achieve that now. And, yeah. and now it, it gets into, it's very hard to do, right? Because you have that balance now of veterans that are aging and, and maybe the return you're getting on the performances aren't necessarily the same as what you saw before. And it's about what new piece can you introduce and shake things up to, yeah. to take that, uh, that, that next move and that next level, obviously a big move with Durant, but so far, you know, I'd give them a, a six or seven understanding that February 13th 
Um, there's going to be more free agents signed before that that are that are uh, the property of this football team, and then there's going to be pieces added. So it's definitely an incomplete project with work to be done. But you know, he, he's definitely involved and in the mix. He's on the right track, I would say. Ed Tate, one of the the challenges that a GM faces when you win 11 games and then 12 the next year, everybody wants more money, and there's a salary cap in this league. Uh, he's re-signed more than. 10 players who were prospective free agents. There's another nine or 10 still out there. Uh, well, your thoughts on what's happened so far? Well, I, I'm just going to kind of say what Doug did too. That It's like giving someone a mark on a paper that they haven't finished writing yet, you know, and I, I think uh, there's still an awful lot of work to, to be done, but, you know, solidifying the old line is huge. Uh, getting a backup quarterback with experience is huge. It's going to be interesting in the next few weeks, as Doug said, to see who comes back, but also maybe some decisions that aren't made about who's not coming back and maybe how you're going to use that money in turn in free agency. Because we've seen with the proliferation of all these one-year contracts that the free agent market's a lot different than it used to be. There's a lot of talent that's going to be available uh, in the middle of next month. And that means that you can go shopping and and fill some holes. And I think... uh, that's what the Bombers want to do. They want to add another piece at receiver, I think, and you, you probably want to shore up some pieces on defense depending on who returns and who doesn't return. Sure. Uh, let's talk about Darian Durant. Uh, the moment that Montreal refused to pay him the bonus, and we all knew they were going to refuse to pay him the $150,000 bonus, I thought, this is a guy the Bombers should go and get. <laughs> you know, when I think back to last year, and all respect to Dom Davis and Dan Lefevre, uh, it just wasn't, I don't think, at the level that Mike O'Shea and Kyle Walters would like. Now they got a guy who's thrown for th- almost 32,000 yards. He's been in great cup games. His playoffs, in the playoffs, he's thrown 17 touchdown passes and three interceptions. He's got some great numbers, a proven commodity. I love it as the backup. Doug Brown, what do you think? You know, I'm torn on it because uh, as, a, as a former player, you like competition at every spot. But the rules are always different if you're starting quarterback. So there's already been these testimonials that have come out and said, oh, he's the number two and there's not. But it's a statement. When you have a guy, when you look behind you and it's Darian Durant, who's thrown for 100 more touchdowns than you, that's thrown for almost 32,000 yards in this league, who says all the right things, but he's still there. That's still the guy that's behind you. That's a statement game. It's uh, the dynamics for the quarterback on this football team have totally turned inside out and upside down. It, it, it's completely changed with this. That's a power move for sure. You know, whether it's it's saying something, no matter how you how you dress it up, how you uh, uh, present it, how you you know put bows and and wrap it, it. It's still a very very big move. I think you know for for the majority. I've always thought that quarterbacks can compete. But talk about a different dynamic from looking over shoulder and seeing a Dom Davis or Dan Lefevre there versus seeing Darren Durant. That's another world of, of football, and it's going to be real interesting. You know, whether uh, Nichols will admit it or not, I think there's some heat and I think there's some pressure on there. And I think uh, it, it gets a lot harder if you're maybe losing a few games or someone's not playing at the top of their game to disregard what is sitting there on your bench. Ed? I think it's bold, but I think it's bold for all the right reasons. You know, you know, the depth chart at the end of last year had, you know, Dom Davis and Dan Lefevre. Dan Lefevre's going to free agency. You can't tell me this isn't an upgrade. And I understand the, the sort of the 
how this can affect Matt Nichols. But, you know, if you know Matt Nichols at all, and we do, I don't think he's looking over his shoulder. I think he's going to put his head down and he's going to try to be better. I don't think anybody in the organization is whispering that, you know, we better uh, we better pressure Matt Nichols and make sure he's got someone that keeps him sharp because they know how sharp this guy is already. I think this is the security blanket move that, uh, you know, if the worst case scenario happens that the guy gets uh, hurt in the first or second game, you've got a guy that can and can more than tread water for a while and that yeah. you're not worried. And we saw what happened last year. The, you know, Dan Lefevre won that game, gets credit for a win for that game in, in frigid Calgary at the end of the year, but he threw for less than 100 yards and it was really the defense that won that game. And you can't, that's not sustainable. Yeah. And I think D- Darian Durant not only gives this team that security blanket, but I think a lot of the same packages that Lefevre made work last year with the Bombers, those short, short yardage things, and then staying in for a couple more snaps might be something that we see a little bit more with Darian Durant. I just think, you know, this is a team that's close, and you don't want to be thin at the most important position on the football field. I think Darian Durant sort of becomes the the Kevin Glenn now. He's, he's not accustomed to being what Kevin Glenn has been all those years, but... Kevin Glenn sat back and said, I know I'm the number, I've thrown for 50,000 yards, but I understand I'm the backup. And I think based on what Durant says, he can accept that now at almost 36 years of age and understanding that, you know, the market for him is not that great out there anymore. And here's a chance to, to be relevant again, to play on a team that's a winning team, to play with guys that he admires in Weston Dressler and Paul Lapalise. And it just, as he said to me on the air tonight, just to be involved with a team that's a good team with good guys and has a chance to do something. It's not a tire fire. Yeah. I don't need to be the star anymore. I just want to be, I just want to be part of it. You know, and that's, that's the guessing game is we've never seen him in this role at mm-hmm. this stage of his career. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just a question I sat there and asked myself, I'm like, does Darian Durant think that Matt Nichols is, is better than him? Uh, I don't know. I don't know about that. Is he, uh, how is he going to compete? Is he going to push him? Is he there just to nurture? Like the whole, all the dynamics of it, we've never seen before. We don't understand how this is going to play out. Darren Durant has never been anything but the franchise face of every football team he's been on up until now, right? It, it, uh, outside of when he started. So, he, he, But if that's the case, Doug, then he might have been able to pick a different situation. If Hamilton, for example... You know, if you're going to push for work, Jeremiah Mazzoli had a good second half last year, but he's hardly, I think, written in ink atop the depth chart. And if so, if you think that you still can become a starter, then maybe that's where you sign. So, you know, I think Darian has said all the right things, but maybe he has taken a step back and and kind of surveyed the landscape and said, uh, you know, I want to go somewhere where I'm not worried about. Uh, you know, again, the tire fire that was in Montreal, and I can just, you know, kind of uh, wrap up my career in a different role. You think he's fine wrapping up his career with how it ended in in Montreal and just kind of fading off into obscurity? It's also a situation here where he's got Paul Apolice, he's got Weston Dressler, he's got a leg up here in terms of the system and the scheme and looking at the protection. It's just, it's hard for me to just swallow thinking that, that he doesn't think he could play or compete well, then with Well, he should have gone Nichols. somewhere else, right? If, well, you know, no, but I would like to think that he still thinks he can play and mm-hmm. compete. If he doesn't, then you don't want him around. But I don't think for a minute that he's going to be a threat to Matt Nichols as the starter. Matt Nichols is the man here. In the last two years, guys, come on. Yep. We've watched Matt Nichols the last two years. He's as good as there is in this league. 
I mean, really, he's as good as there is. I'm less concerned about him overtaking Nichols than I am about what his the way he'll approach the situation. But like you said, yeah. words, actions, you know, these things play out and, and you see how it goes down. Well, they've checked into that. And I, I guess Dressler and La Police have weighed in on this and they've said, hey, this guy's no issue at all. He, he'll be he'll be perfect for the the room. I guess Mike we'll talks, find out. Mike talks a lot about the room, right? Um, here are the bomber players who are headed for free agency who have not re-signed. Some of them, most of them anyway. Travis Bond. Right, we agree he's, they can't afford to pay all these offensive linemen big money. You can't, pay three, you can't play three Americans, yeah. first of all, on the old line anymore, I don't think. Yeah. I, I just, well, the, you can't pay the, well, you, What's the all point of drafting Canadian old linemen yeah. if you're never going to develop them to play? What do you think of him not being back, Doug? Because it looks like he's not. Well, you know, he was he was one of the... The the deal break like initially he was Yattles, he was yeah. part of that 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 surge that influx of guys with Nichols came along it kind of changed the the personality of that offense Absolutely. but you know uh, Patty Newfeld apparently they didn't miss a beat when when he came into the rotational lineup so you hate to see him go but once again a casualty of success yeah and money and Manasseh Fouquetti they feel can be as good as any of those guys if he has to play Clarence Denmark sentimentally I'd love to see him back but. I don't know. I agree. I think uh, the need for another kind of home run hitter at that position means that they're probably going to go younger, and uh, that might mean that a guy that's still productive is... Uh, we've already been through this with Clarence, right? I think it might be happening all over again. Yeah, no, I, I can't see him returning at all. Kevin Fogg. Uh, versatile, returns punts, can play two or three positions on defense. Uh, he might get some sniffs on the market, but I think that uh, these guys would like to have him back. I'm not sure where that will go. Yeah, I think he's the right price guy. Julian Fioli Gadino. Interesting, coming off a career year, but yeah. at the end of the year, Matt Coates had beaten him out. They have Drew Walatarski, uh, you know, I'm going to throw the name Nick Dembski out there because he's a prospective free agent in yeah. a few weeks. Um, so I don't know. Julian, it's a tough spot. Great year, but uh, he might be vulnerable. Yeah, I think a player like that, if he was going to come back, it would already be done. You know, you can take care of that piece. You don't have to mm-hmm. wait and, and let it get close to that uh, that timeline changing. Sam Hurl. Oh, he's gone. I think they're going to go... Uh, American at that spot, and so yes, uh, that that's a weird one because everybody knows that's a lightning rod uh, name that you throw that out that you get a lot of people uh, up in arms. Jake Thomas. Again, it, I, I like him. I I would bring him back. Um, but what are you going to play? Are you going to play a three four? Are you you know they've already recommitted to Drake Nevis. Corey Johnson looked pretty good last year at that spot. How many Canadians are you going to rotate in there? Ian Maroof yeah. is still around as a project guy. I should ask you to clarify this before. Are you asking us if we want these people back, or do you think they'll be back? Either or. Either or. Oh. Yeah. I'd like him to be back. Yeah, um, yeah he's a good Yeah, I, I think yeah. he uh, he's a versatile player, and I think he's effective as a, as a spot player for sure. Yeah, um, yeah but it's, it's a financial situation. Okay, and I asked uh, Kyle Walters about these three, these last three in particular, and he said it's a, it's a real game now with their agents and what they want. Jamal Westerman, Mo Leggett, T.J. Heath. I guess in a perfect world, if you could afford them, you'd have all three back. They're all still, I think, good players. Um, They're impact players, game-changing players. Uh, But Westerman and Leggett are coming off fairly significant injuries, I guess. 
Doug, what do you do with these three? I think if you're going to sell the bill of sale that that your defense is going to get better, you need to have Heath or Leggett. You need one of those two for sure, hundred percent, right? Otherwise, you're going to, you know, it's going to be another project in, in the back end, and and that's going to be you don't have that time um, in order to to have your defense uh, up to speed and 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 bought in and you know understanding the the, the concepts fully. So, and uh, Westerman, I think uh, you know. I think he's a guy as valuable as he is and and his nationality. I think he's a guy that you saw the way the defensive line was capable of playing without him in there. So I think he's a cost benefit analysis guy. So if he wants to come back, I'm sure they would make room for him at the right price, but I don't see him being a priority like a Mo Leggett or a T. I think Mo Leggett is, is essential. I think he's got to come back for sure. Out of those three, I rank him Leggett, T.J. Heath, and then uh, Westerman. and then Westerman, just because not that Westerman is a good player, just because of what they have unearthed already on the defensive line. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would put Leggett. They they need that defensive playmaker, and and I would wait for him to be healthy. Even if he wasn't healthy, I would re-sign him, knowing that he would be ready to go sometime during the season. Heath is a playmaker too. Jamal Westerman, man, if you've been around the room, he is such a leader in there and so adored by his teammates. But in terms of need on your depth chart. The way Opaluugo played at the end of last year, and Jackson Jeffcoat, Trent Corny, it's not like it's a position of need right now, to be honest. Yeah. So if you're not going to bring Sam Hurl back, um, who's going to play middle linebacker? Is there one in free agency, Ed, that uh, that interests you? Well, I'm going to throw out Javon Santos Knox. I thought he played really well at the end of last year. I think he's played middle in, in college. Uh, if you have Ian Wild at weak side, and and if you're still in a four three and you get Mo Leggett back or somebody else, a, a converted DB to play that other spot, yeah. th- that would be okay. Um, but there are names out there. There's some guys out there in free agency. You know, Taylor Reed's out there. Yeah. Um, Larry Dean from Hamilton could, yeah. might be able to play in the middle. Uh, you know, and then you hope that your scouting department finds some some stud out there from the from the states that we've never heard of before that comes in and maybe grabs a job too. Uh, that's exactly what I was going to say right there. You can't have every position, you know, try and upgrade them by paying market value. No. You, you got to unearth some of these right. guys yeah, yourself. Of you got to yeah. go out there and, you know, middle linebacker should be a spot where you should be able to get a Baron Simpson or a Joe Lomendow, uh without too much effort uh, and, yeah. and bring them in at a, you know, initial contract price where mm-hmm. it's going to give you options and availability to work elsewhere on your football roster. So yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that's something they can unearth a guy that's not on the map and therefore you don't have to pay him as such because you do have to make some cost savings there, right? In order to improve, in order to change your team and, and value add, uh, there's going to be have to uh, there's going to have to be some bargains and and that comes from guys with their first time contracts. I think the onus is really on the bomber scouts to and you guys are touching on it now to find the, the next Brandon Zilstra if mm-hmm. I can shoot for the stars. You know, you've got to find three or four import players, guys you've, you know, who've fallen through the cracks or, you know, people have passed on before who can come in and make an impact. Now, if they make an impact like Zilstra, well, you've struck gold. But it's up to the scouts to find, whether it's the middle linebacker, Doug, or the receiver that they need. Uh, if your scouts can't do that for you, they're failing. Yeah, especially at uh, positions that are traditionally American, right? Yeah. Where, where you have that uh, ability to, to look at the numbers and, and look at players that, that have washed out or need an opportunity to yep. elevate their play, get some exposure. Guys that are willing to sacrifice uh, pay for, for exposure and, and, and game film and uh, ability to enhance their resume. 
I guess I would want both. I would want my scouting department to find one of those guys, but given that the market is so full of players that I would maybe go out and get a guy too. find another, a guy like Darvin Adams. When he came here initially, he, we were wondering, you know, we all were scrambling for the Argos media guide to find out what this guy had done. And he morphed into a, a you know, a game breaking receiver. Yeah. So there's guys like that with a little bit of experience on the market. There's some stars on the, on the market too soon. Sure. And so I would, I would do both. I would, you've got to keep finding those guys, but if those guys don't turn out, it's sure nice to have that veteran piece. To this, that's what's different. And, and Kyle touched on this when you spoke to him earlier, Bob. Is that it's different putting together a team when you've won a lot of games in the last two years and want to take that next step versus just gutting a thing and rebuilding it from the ground up. And and the Bombers are at that position now where they've got to take that next step and win a playoff game and and get into the Grey Cup. And uh, I don't know if you do that without spending a little bit in free agency and then hoping your scouting department finds some of those diamonds. Okay, we're, this is a bomber show, but we're going to close it with Johnny Manziel. I'm not sure I want to even talk about Johnny Manziel, who I think has been the most overhyped guy who's done nothing in his career that I've ever seen in the last little while. You had a good tweet about that a little while ago, Bob. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Why don't we uh, just read that? Yeah, <laughs> no, I, well, yeah, I remember that tweet. Look, I think it'd be great if Johnny Manziel came to the CFL and was a star like Doug Flutie. It'd be great. It would sell tickets. It would create excitement. Uh, but what do you guys think is going to happen? Doug, do you think he's going to wind up here and do you think he'll ever be any good here? Do you think he's got his head on? Who knows? Well, I think like, he has the opportunity. Knows? I don't think he has any leverage. I think he's in total denial, and I think his uh, agent is enabling him, you yeah. know, and uh, I think mm-hmm. the more things change with him, the more they stay the same. He's still, his true colors always rise to the surface. You're always able to get an essence that, you know, fundamentally who he is is not changing, right? So it's, uh, yeah, you know, it's it's a buzz. It's a, a ticket seller, but uh, just the the kind of hype and, and it's just, it's so not CFL. Well, yeah. it is CFL to have guys like this come up here and just be a horror show, yeah. right? And, and a circus and to flame out like incredibly fast. It, it's only a ticket seller if he's any good. Like if he well, comes there's here a novelty. and he's any There's good. a novelty of it as well, right? Yeah, so, but he, I won't mean, sell, he won't sell one ticket unless he proves to people that he's a good performer like Doug Flutie did. Then you want to go watch him. Yeah. But but if he can't play, you're not going to buy a ticket to go see him. It's just, it, it seems so complicated already with yeah. the deal that they have with Mazzoli and the deadline <laughs> that's put on this yeah. and the money demands and the, like it's already a clown show and he hasn't even got here yet. I think yeah. he, I think <laughs> as much as June, never jo- get here. Yeah. June Jones says he's going to be the greatest player ever to come up yeah. here, which is a oh, ridiculous oh. statement. I think Hamilton. Yeah, that's a good that negotiation yeah. strategy, huh? <laughs> I think uh, Hamilton <laughs> trades him to Montreal because I think Montreal's desperate and they will pay that kind of money that his agent wants. And they want to make, I do. That's my guess is that as much as June Jones has been raving about him, that's an asset they could get something for. And uh, I think I think he plays for Montreal this year. That's my Montreal guess. would eat him alive. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. <laughs> that is the worst place for Johnny Manziel yeah. to go. He should go to Saskatchewan. That's the only, where Actually, Hamilton is a good place for him as well. <laughs> All There's right. another column for you there, yeah. Doug. Well, listen, guys, we're out of time. Doug Brown, thanks very much. Appreciate it. Ed, Doug's going to be back with me, of course, on Color Commentary on our broadcast this coming season. And Ed Tate will be a part of our show as always. Ed Tate, BlueBombers.com writes that great stuff on their website every day. Guys, thanks very much. We look forward to the season. It's not far away. Thanks, Knuckles. Yeah. Thanks enjoy, for having us on. Enjoy the rest of the winter. Warm up. 
Hey, hey, it's GMAC. Hope you've enjoyed this special winter edition of the Blue Bomber podcast. We want to thank all our guests today. Of course, the voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Bob Irving, directing traffic today. Mike O'Shea, Kyle Walters, Andrew Harris, Darian Durant, and Matt Nichols, amongst others, joining us here on this special edition of the Blue Bomber podcast. We'll see you soon. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for subscribing to the Blue Bomber podcast with Doug Brown.